Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. Happy Labor Day weekend, everyone. Where did the time go? We were just celebrating Memorial Day. Well, not quite. We were just celebrating 4th of July for sure. Because even when I think about Memorial Day, it does seem like it was so long ago, right? But this weekend is the unofficial end of summer. Labor Day. Oh, my gosh. Children are getting ready to go back to school. Well, some of the charter schools already started. But it's it's like ridiculous. But that is one thing that man has absolutely no control over. Time. Right. And that's why is so it is so important that we take advantage of every second that we are granted here on earth. If you've learned nothing else from being locked down last year, you should have learned that time is precious and that it should be treated as such. Time is a valuable tool. It can work for us or it can work against us. It just depends on how you utilize it. And if used wisely, time can be the beginning of a wonderful journey in your life. Time allows you to grow and mature. A task that is most important when you begin to enter into the person that God created you to be. So let me ask you. How was your reading list this summer? And how many of you read books that would help you change your life? Besides the Bible, of course, because we should be reading that daily. And if you read that every day, it's definitely going to change your life. But all summer, can I tell you, I was trying to decide what book I wanted to read. Yeah, you heard me correctly, all summer, right? So the It took me forever to decide what did I want to read and what book actually would interest me, right? That would hold my attention that I would want to sit there and read it all the way to the end. And I don't know about you, but I have found that my taste in subject matters has changed, right? I remember before I used to like ride the subway when I used to ride the subway to go to work. I was always interested in reading a drama, you know, like I love to read stories that had several characters and each of them had some hidden agenda that they was trying to accomplish while trying to conceal it from the next person. And you want to find out was the next person going to find out about it. Those sorts of books got my blood flowing and I couldn't wait to get to the next page to see what was going to happen. But today I'm not so interested in reading that genre anymore. I gravitate more now towards books that promote self-awareness, inner peace, and evoke some type of deep thought. And I guess it's probably because of the road that I'm on and the journey and the purpose that I have to fulfill. And so it is, my mindset has been, you know, concentrated on other genres. So with that, This is how I happened to stumble upon John Maxwell's book, The 15 
Invaluable Laws of Growth. I don't know how many of you have read that book or how many of you are familiar with John Maxwell, right? I've often heard people refer to his books stating how informative they were, but I had never picked up one to read. So as I began reading, it occurred to me that this would be an interesting subject for me to share with my listeners. So today I thought that I would share some of what the book touches upon as we can use it as a useful tool to have in our luggage as we're walking on our journey, right? And remember, we always were picking up tools. That's why we started out with an empty bag. So all the tools that we acquired, we'd put them in there and we'd carry them forth going on with our journey. So I figured the next two or three weeks, I'm going to cover the important chapters of this book. And then we can see how we can apply some of those strategies mentioned while referencing back to our life guide, which is, of course, the Bible. So before I begin, I want to give you a little background about our author. John Maxwell is a well-known author whose passion lies in assisting people with their personal growth, right? And he has been doing this for over 50 years. And I must say, from what I read, everything he is speaking about makes sense. I understand now why I was so drawn to reading this book. He is a believer And most of what he writes, he has written from his faith, from the basis of his faith, right? He just writes in terms that would be appealing to the general public. And I'm sure that most of you are aware or you have become aware that most of the language used in conversations when people talk about doing good and being a better person originated from the Bible. Most people don't know that it originated from there. And then they just quote it. For example, the the biggest one is the golden rule, which says do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You have people that say that all the time and don't know that it came from the scriptures. And you can find that in Luke 6, 31, right? But for today's purpose, as I said, the next few weeks, we're going to take a look at this book and... It's called The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. And we're going to see how we can apply some of those instructions to our own lives. So today's lesson is coming from chapter one of the book, and it's called The Law Law of Intentionality. So now, Mr. Maxwell begins with a powerful statement. In order to discover your purpose, you have to grow in self-awareness, right? That's what we've been talking about the whole time while we've been talking on taking our journey on this show. Growth requires work. Growth doesn't just happen. You have to work at it. In order to become a better human being, you need to grow in character, These are just a few of the statements that the book offers to get you to begin moving in the right direction. So after I read that, the spirit took me to the scripture, Romans 12, one and two. Therefore, I beseech you, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. 
and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So when the author speaks about the law of intentionality, he states that you cannot change your life until you change something that you do every day. He also states that most people want to change themselves, but they don't have a clue of how to begin. The author states that there are eight gaps that most people fall into when trying to change their lives. And so now today we're going to look at those eight gaps to see which ones we might fall into and what we can do to get ourselves out of it if we find that we're in one of those eight, right? That's what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to start with gap number one, the assumption gap. And that's where most people assume that if you believe that you want to change your life, it's just going to happen, right? Like when you were a child, you didn't have to do anything to grow. You just grew. You woke up every day and noticed that you had changed. Something was going on in your body and you were changed in some form or another, right? But when one wants to improve their life, it doesn't work that way. Life is not improved by simply just living life and, oh, you just happen to change your life. You have to be intentional about it. The author states that if you want to improve your life, you must improve yourself, right? And for the most part, when you think about it, that's a true statement, even without what the author saying, it, if you just think about it in today's living, most people just get up, go to work. Okay. They grow into being an adult. They get a job. They get an apartment. They, some have family, some are still single. Some have children, some don't have children, but you just go through the motions of living. That's what people consider living. But if you really think about intentionally living your life, to the way God wanted you to live it, you'd have to sit down and really think about what is it that I need to do in order to live life to the way God wants me to live it, right? That's something that you have to intentionally think about. So that brought me to Philippians 2, 12 and 13. And now for most of you who don't know, I usually always read from the New King James Version. But when I am reading from another version, I will let you know which version I'm reading from. So now Philippians 2, 12 and 13 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now with that, I know you're probably saying, well, how does me working out my own salvation? What does that have to do with the assumption gap? It has a lot to do with the assumption gap. And I'm going to show you how. If it says, if it states in Philippians that we are to work out our own salvation, right? and that it's God who works in us to both will and to do for his good pleasure, then that's saying that you're not just walking through life haphazardly. You're not just waiting for things to happen. You are intentionally paying attention to what God is saying to you as he's working his will through you and in you 
for your life for his good pleasure. So it still takes an act of you paying attention to what's going on in your life and not just moving through life haphazardly, right? The next gap is the knowledge gap. And this is where most people don't know how to grow. The author states that outside of his faith, the decision to grow has impacted his life tremendously. When he thought about his decision to want to intentionally grow, it helped him tremendously. And it also states that if you are clear with what you want, the world responds with clarity, right? And we can understand this principle because the Bible tells us that in Proverbs 18, 24, a man that has friends must show himself friendly. And this rings true throughout the universe. What you put out, you will get back. You see here, faith and belief is key to growth. We all know that we were created by God in order to serve God and that apart from God, we can do nothing, right? John 15, one and five, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word, which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And that right there, that right there is the key to everything. And that goes to show that bridges the gap in the knowledge gap. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to know everything because once you're attached to Christ, who is attached to the father, you're going to know what you need to know. Automatically, you're going to know what you need to know. The next gap is the timing gap, right? And we know procrastination is our biggest problem. Now, can I repeat that? Procrastination is our biggest problem. When we constantly tell ourselves that the time is not right to begin something, to do something, don't you know that we are robbing ourselves of opportunities that have been waiting for us, right? The longer we wait to do something that can be done now, the greater the chances that you won't do it. You will never get much done if you don't begin. And I remember as I was sitting there before I left my previous job, when I was sitting there at the desk and that's when I was contemplating, oh, should I leave? You know, am I really going to go on this journey to speak? Am I really supposed to be a speaker? I came across a saying that said, there's somebody out there waiting for me to do what I have to do. So when you think of it in that, in that way, that the longer you procrastinate, the longer you're holding somebody else up from doing what they need to do, because we're all attached, whether we know it or not. So when I read that, that there was somebody out there waiting for me to do what I needed to do, 
Then I had to move because the longer I stayed in one spot, I was keeping them in their spot who in turn would be keeping somebody else in their spot. So the timing gap or not the timing gap, we didn't get to that yet. To go back to the knowledge gap, just begin doing it. You just have to do what you have to do and God's going to give you everything that you need, right? And no, we were talking about the timing gap. I got thrown off. Sorry. Yes. In the timing gap. Yes. Procrastination is our biggest problem. And see, I'm jumping ahead of myself when I start talking. When the spirit gets into me and I start talking, I, I lose my train of thought. But now I'm back on it. It was the timing gap. And it was talking about procrastination. And yes, we have to do what we have to do so the next person can do what they have to do. Psalm 37, 7. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him to act. Don't be too envious of evil men who prosper, right? Most of us hear the voice and we don't heed it. We don't have to, we have to wait and we don't have to wait. And I say that to say the procrastination part comes in when we know what we're supposed to do and we don't do it. That's where the procrastination comes in. Because most of the time, if we don't do it, it's not because we know to do it and, and not do it. Sometimes if we're not doing it, it's because we really don't know. But when we get the message to know, when we hear the voice that's telling us to do it, we have to heed the voice and do it, right? Now, the mistake gap. Being afraid of making a mistake. Another reason why we don't do what we need to do for self-improvement. But can I tell you something? When you make a decision to grow, you have to admit that you don't have all the answers. Like who has all the answers? If we knew all the, if we had all the answers, we would be God, right? And we know we're not God. And for most of us, that's not a great place to be. We don't like to know, or we don't like to show that we don't know all the answers. But let me tell you, when you're growing, it requires for you to make a mistake because if you did everything perfectly, you wouldn't think that you needed to know anything else. So when you make a mistake, it makes you want to do better, be better because you want to perfect what it is you messed up, right? If you want to grow, you need to get over your fear of making mistakes. That's what the author says, right? The more mistakes you make, the more you're actually growing. It's par for the course. It goes along with the whole journey. You're going to make mistakes as you're learning to do something new. And it just goes with it. And here, Romans 7, 15, 17, and now this is coming from the Living Bible. I don't understand myself at all. For I really want to do what is right, but I can't. I do what I don't want to, what I hate. I know perfectly well that what I am doing is wrong and my bad conscience proves that I agree with these laws I am breaking, but I can't help myself because I no longer, because I'm no longer doing it. It is the sin inside me that is stronger than I am. That makes me do these evil things. So when I talk about the mistake gap, it's one part that yes, you have to step out. You're going to make mistakes and the mistakes come from growing. But then there's another part of us that we know we're doing a mistake. We consciously make the mistake. Even though we don't want to do it, we can't help ourselves but do it. So that is where it comes in with the praying and the renewing of the mind, as we said earlier, and listening to God's voice. So we know what to do and what not to do. And here we are now at gap number five, the perfection gap. 
we want all the answers before we begin, right? The need for having the best way to begin our journey. And the book states that this is similar to the mistake gap. With the mistake, with the mistake gap, you don't want to do anything wrong. And with the perfection gap, you don't want to begin until you have everything right, right? <laughs> but the author says that you have to get started before you can find out which is the best way. You find your way as you are moving. And that takes us to the scripture, James 2, 14 and 2, 14 and then 2, 17. James 2 states to us that what does it profit my brethren if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Thus also faith by itself if it does not have works is dead. And this is where James is stating. And this is what we're talking about with the mistake gap and the perfection gap. You have to move to do something to know whether you're doing it right or not. You can have all the faith in the world that you're going to change, but if you don't have the works behind it to start making the moves to change, what does it, what does it accomplish you? You have nothing. The next gap is the inspiration gap. In other words, I'm not feeling this, right? Now, can we be real for a moment and admit we never feel like doing anything that would require us to change, right? Like me for myself. Now, I'm only speaking for myself. I don't know about everybody else, but like working out, I will admit this is the bane of my existence, right? No one wants to work out to feel pain, but in order to get the results that you're trying to achieve, you have to feel some pain. Because that is a sign that your muscles are growing. And even when we were in, when I was in high school and we had gym all the time and they made you do activities, I didn't mind doing activities. I didn't mind doing activities, but number one, A, I wanted to do an activity that was pleasing to me as usual with people. They always want to do what makes them happy. And then if I had to work out, like going to a gym, I have joined so many gyms and just gave, it was like giving money to charity. I've given my gym memberships away because I can't see going to a gym to do something, to lose weight or to exercise if I'm in the same spot all the time. Now, if I'm doing something, I want to be walk like walking walking is fine I don't mind walking around but I can't walk on a treadmill to me I'm like okay I'm walking for an hour and I haven't gotten anywhere yeah to some people they're like oh well you accomplished x amount of miles and you lost x amount of calories I'm like no I would have rather walked in the street and ended up someplace and oh by the way as I was doing that I also happened to lose X amount of calories and I walked X amount of miles, but no, I'm not going to just get on a treadmill just to walk. So that's why I say working out is the bane of my existence, but you have to have, he's saying an inspiration gap. People are looking for something to motivate them, to give them inspiration, to want to do what it is that they want to do. Right. But he states like the Nike philosophy, just do it. And I say the Nike philosophy and he said the Nike philosophy, but can we be honest with each other before Nike cloned that to be their own words, people had been saying it for centuries, right? Our parents always told us, Oh, just do it. Just do that. Or just do this. Our teachers had told us, Oh, just do this or just do that. We've even said it to our friends. Oh, please don't say that. Just do. 
So Nike didn't come up with the just do it. We have always been saying just do it. It's just that now that Nike has it and they've stolen it and they've cloned it to be their own, we just say, oh yeah, well, like Nike says, but anyway, I digress. Um, Getting back to the inspirational gap, you have to be intentional about your growth, right? Or you will find a million excuses not to do it. And that's what I was really wanting to let you know. And that takes me to... Psalm 121, one to two, right? If you want an inspiration for having, for wanting to do something or needing to do something, Psalm 121, one to two, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So if you want to be inspired to do something, just go to God. He'll give you all the inspiration you need to perfect yourself, to work on yourself, to become the person he wants you to be, because that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to look to him for everything that you do so that you can be everything that he created you to be. Now we've come to gap number seven, the comparison gap. And we all know you will never grow looking at what somebody else is doing, right? Comparing yourself to others. You are not going to be on the level that others are on. This is what the author says. And they're not always going to be on your level either. But this is what aids in your growth. When you are around those who know more, it gives you the opportunity to learn from them. It gives you something to aspire to if you like what it is that you see in others or if you are trying to get to the place where they are, right? And we always say if you, well, they have this saying that if you're the sharpest tool in your shed, then you're in the wrong shed because that means everybody's always coming to you to grow, but then where are you going to get your growth from, right? So Psalm 139.14 says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. Right there, it's telling us, don't compare yourself to somebody else because he made us as individuals. He formed us each in our mother's wombs and we are all fearfully and wonderfully made. So you can't look at what others are doing and say, oh, you know, I need to be there or I can't be there. You could look at others to say, wow, I would like to get to not where they are and walk in their shoes, but I would like to get to the point where I have that confidence. I have that Um, that understanding and knowledge of myself that I see that they have of themselves so that I can then be the best that I am supposed to be as they are showing me that they are the best of who God made them to be, right? So now number eight, which is our last one, which is called the expectation gap. And that's just to say, it's not easy. Most people think that when you get to some, when they look at other people who have gotten to be successful, they look at them and say, oh, wow, you know, it was easy for them to get there. But can I tell you something? No one who is successful will ever say that their growing was an easy task. People prepare for the place that they want to be in. And it all begins with thinking and moving with intentions. And that's what we have to do. We have to remind ourselves that every step that we take in this journey, 
every move that we make is a move towards us going to the place where we want to be. It's all about the preparation. And we've talked about this many times on the show. And that brings me to Psalm 5.3. And I'm taking this from the Living Bible. Each morning I will look to you in heaven and lay my request before you, praying earnestly, which is saying, no, it's not going to be easy. Nothing that we do is going to be easy. And the growing and the process of moving and doing what we need to do for the change, that's not going to be easy. We have to think and move with intention. Yes, but the best way of thinking and moving with intention is to look towards the sky, is to look towards heaven and to lay our requests before him and pray and ask for his help and he'll give it to us. So that was the eight categories that the book stated that would hinder our growth, right? So where do you believe that you lie in one of those eight categories? And now that you have identified what's holding you back, how are you going to make the necessary changes for your needed for your needed success, right? Your growth cannot be coincidental. This is what the this is what the book says. Your growth cannot be accidental. As the author states, right? It has to be intentional. Instead of saying that you're going to make a plan, start the plan. Instead of waiting for growth to come, become responsible for your own growth. And instead of playing it safe, take a couple of risks. If you want to reach your potential, you have to go out and obtain it for yourself. And so I want to leave you with a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt. And she says, one's philosophy is not best expressed in words. It is expressed in the choices one makes, right? In the long run, we shape our lives and we shape ourselves. So with that, I know that's a lot for us to think about, but it's very, very good. And it's definitely going to help us on our journey. So I think it's time for us to take a music break. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn Sounds Like. Eyes are kind of blurry, I need a new prescription Well, baby, my heart is a mirror Hold it up and see how I'm actually feeling I'm just trying to get how things could be different I ain't even lying, it's pretty odd to see it But you're giving me a Something with it. But you're giving me a better view. Like windows open. 
Taking over, they're taking over me. You said you never leave my side. Tell me that you want this time. I've seen you break my fall and put my world back together. I've seen you break through walls more times than.
Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. It's now time for the show. It's now part. It's now time for the part of the show that we call Op Ed. I don't know what's wrong with my speech today, but we're going to get through this show, right? And in Op Ed today, what I really just want to expand upon is what we talked about earlier in the first half of the show. We're going through John Maxwell's book, John C. Maxwell's book, The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth, right? And we started out with chapter one today. But can I tell you, it has a lot to do with op-ed and how growth is so important just in the understanding of how we progress through life. And I say that to say school is starting to start again, right? We have this whole big push with the vaccinations and as everyone has seen, and I'm sure they have heard, Pfizer is FDA approved. So, and I don't know if I mentioned this the last time or not, but for all of those who were on the fence about, oh, I don't know what they're putting in my system and it's not approved and they got the vaccination too fast and yada, yada, yada. And I get it. I get it. Everyone has a right to believe and follow their own principles when it comes to taking vaccinations and things of that nature. But now that it's FDA approved and for all of those who were saying, well, I'm not taking it until the government approves it. And well, now the government has approved it. And I'm not forcing you to go take the vaccination, but like I said before, do your research. And it goes back to what I wanted to start out saying with when it comes to growth, when it comes to growing and understanding, not even for, not even if you want to do it for your own, oh, well, I'm trying to find out my purpose in life. I'm not even trying to get you to be that involved or that in depth or that spiritually aware because everybody has to go with their own spiritual awareness, right? On their own time. I can't tell you when your time is. You may never get there. And if you don't get there, that's between you and God. That's the one, God is the one you're going to have to answer to. But I say that to say, just in growing as being a human being, everything grows and changes. That's why we have seasons. We don't have all winter, all summer, all spring, all fall. Even in the places that stay continually hot, they still have seasons that change. They have rainy season. They have dry season. It's just a different type of season, but nothing stays the same all the time. It just doesn't. And when I say that, when I'm talking about in reference to growth and in reference to what's happening now, know this people. When everyone keeps saying, oh, I can't wait for us to get back to air quotes normal, there is no more normal. What you're living in right now is the normal. So don't keep looking for things to go back to what it was because nothing ever goes back. Even those who you want to see that want to stay in a time capsule and not change, well, they figure, well, this is just where I want to be and this is how I want to be and this is how I want to act and I'm always going to think this way. Eventually, if they want to continue living life, they too have to move from where they are. Now, it just may be a tiny step, 
But best and believe it's going to be a step because nothing stays the same. So if we can get that in our minds, if we could just get that in our minds that nothing stays the same. And although we're not accustomed to drastic changes going on like this pandemic showed us, get accustomed to drastic changes because that is going to now be your normal. Whatever is happening is normal. Just, just think about it in our mind. It's hard for us to wrap our head around it because we are creatures that don't like to change. We like things to stay the same because it keeps us comfortable, but just know now you can still be comfortable. You just have to be adaptable. It's not saying that change makes you uncomfortable. Change just makes you adapt. So if you want a normal, or if you want to wrap your mind around something that is normal, this is now normal and you have to learn how to adapt. And that is op-ed. Now, because we have a new month, we are in the month of September, Labor Day weekend, as I stressed in the beginning, we have a new word. And our word is going to be adaptable or adapt. And I told you, I always thought, oh gosh, what is my word going to be? What is my word going to be? He gives it to me when I need it. And this is what our word is going to be. Our word of the month is adapt. And I'm going to give you the meaning. The word adapt means make something suitable for a new use or purpose. In other words, modify. So here we have it. That's our word of the month. And you know, every time he gives us a word of the month, don't just think I categorize it as a word of the month, but know that these words that he's been giving us from the beginning, from last year, from nine, from 2019, all those words are for us to build upon in our journey. Every word that he has given us was something that he was teaching us that he wanted us to know within that time frame that the word was giving, but it's not something for us to just forget about and, oh, okay, it's a new month. So now it's a new word. Yes, it's a new month and it's a new word, but trust and believe that word from last month, you still need to remember it because it's going to be something that you're still going to need to take forward with you in your journey. So now this month's word, this word for this month is adapt, make something suitable for a new use or purpose, modify. And I guess he's given us that word because he's tired of us saying, I want to get back to normal. He's telling us this is your normal. Get used to it. And now our promise for this week is going to be our promise for this week is going to be coming from the book of Ephesians chapter two, verse 19. And I'm reading this from the living Bible. Now you are no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven, but you are members of God's very own family, citizens of God's country, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. So I want us to take those words and I want us to think about it during the week and see how it fits into our lives. Okay. And I'm thinking now that I've been reading some of the verses from the living Bible, I think I might have to interchange more with the new King James version and the living Bible. Cause I like the way it explains it in some instances, it gives you a good reference as to what the word is saying. 
So with that, I want to say to everyone, enjoy the rest of your Labor Day weekend. Be safe, be comfortable. If you're going out, COVID is still out there. I'm hearing that there's another variant besides the Delta variant that's there. I have to do some research to find out exactly what it is. And I will let you know, of course, because I am all things COVID here. I want you to wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance, be kind to one another, help each other out. Remember, we're in a new, this is our new normal now. This is our normal. And in this normal, we help one another. No longer are we going to be selfish like we were in the old normal, right? I don't know why everybody wants to go back to that where everybody was this selfish and only thinking about themselves. We don't want to go back to that. We like this new normal where we help one another and we pay attention to what's going on with one another. And we actually take time to listen and understand one another. Why would anybody want to go back to something that we weren't doing before? I like this normal going forward. And I think that's what God is trying to tell us. This is the new normal that he wants us to operate in. Paying attention to one another, being kind to one another, and listening to one another as individuals, right? So with that, I say, be safe, wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance. And until God brings us back together again next week, peace. There is a table Filled with the best food Can you hear the Father calling? There's a seat just for you
There is a place just for you. There is